just going to launch right into it. Yeah. I think it's your best intro of the day. Best. I know. We've tried a few. So what, <laughs> Not for the sake of the intro. <laughs> what nobody can know, because we're just released, but we're releasing this episode late, later than we normally do. Yeah. And God, we have had a fucking time with it already. <laughs> we jury's out as to whether or not this one will ever make the air <laughs> so yeah we've had a lot of technical difficulties and computer shutdowns and all that kind of stuff so yeah and we've already used up like 15 20 minutes of talk time and i <laughs> yeah. that doesn't leave me much time before your nineness really before in. i crawl under a rock right <laughs> <laughs> i'll try to keep it going i'll try to i'll try to keep the the juices flowing I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that was. It, visually, I'm not sure what that was. I am, I am creepily looking you in the eyes while I do a little dance. I'm serious. That would be the most awesome little gif. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gif. Yeah. yeah it's definitely a gif. It's not the other way. <laughs> we don't say that other word here in this house. Gift? No. Oh. Never mind. Just I w- I went full nerd for a minute. So just <laughs> anyway. Um. So you know, as we said before, we had a nice little conversation about the spring weather, <laughs> and we had conversations about our UPS driver. We had we had several conversations that were you know probably not that interesting, as you said. So we sh- we don't oh. need to repeat them. <laughs> You just started talking, getting into economics, and I was like, "Oh, I'm don't have the headspace for that." Just, just you saying, you started getting into economics, and I started thinking, it's a good thing we scrubbed that episode. (laughs) (laughs) I got no business talking about economics. (laughs) Nope. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we have been couch hunting. And we are currently sitting on camp chairs in our living room. Yeah. Because we went ahead and gave our old couch set to Kaylee and Dylan. And so took it all over there. And we've been watching for this particular couch at Costco. Yeah, because it it exactly fits our Fits room. our small little living room. And there's not much, you know, we have to work with it as far as yeah. design in there. Yeah. And, uh, but <laughs> clincher was, I'm at work this week and on my lunch break, you were texting me. You're like, <laughs> hey, this movie came out and I wanted to know if you wanted to watch it right. with us or if uh, we should go ahead and watch it without you. <laughs> and, um, this could actually be a whole conversation right here. I could talk about this for a while. Right, I know. <laughs> and I was like, sure, I'd love to watch it with you guys. So wait for me. Yeah. And then the next text was, it's like four hours long. And <laughs> it I'm was like, the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. <laughs> yes. And I'm thinking, four hours in a cube chair. <laughs> I looked at my boss and I was like, what right? am I going to do? I was like, hey, we, we don't have to wait for you. I mean, if you want us to, we'll just watch it right now. No, I get home and you guys are like, we have to start it now. Well, yeah, because it was like four hours fucking long. o'clock and it was going to be nine o'clock no. before it was no. over. I know that. But you'd gotten ice cream and like you guys were so excited about this. And honestly, I have to say, 
that that did not feel like a Lord of the Rings four hours. It felt much faster. It did. It went. It it actually like. There's a lot of people talking about you know the movie and things that in unnecessary character development and overly long scenes and and uh, you know too much slow motion in the movie and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm just not. I'm not there with y'all because I, I was into it the whole time, like the whole time. I thought it yeah. just, in fact, I was like, I, I really had to pee at one point, but I was like, I don't want to miss anything. In a four hour movie, I couldn't find a time to go pee <laughs> and we didn't want to stop it because it's four hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, we're not going to spend the whole time talking about the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League, no. but let me just say two thumbs way up. i uh i i enjoyed it yeah in fact i enjoyed it so much that i don't often do this like back to back but i'm ready to watch it again oh so this time i understand you know maybe without you this time but i'm just there was a lot um in there that i could see yeah you know like like layers to the story so i really liked it yeah. yeah my my issue with the movie yeah okay here it is here it is my critique okay is that I think Ben Affleck brought his own personal life to Batman. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you look like you're in pain all the time. <laughs> he I, he just, I felt like that character just got totally dropped in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, they're, they're just, it was just dull. He, he was just, well. And I, I usually like Ben Affleck and things. So is it Affleck or Affleck? Now I feel like a duck. Affleck saying. is the duck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, I felt a little right, right. <laughs> um, I will say that there's a there's a point to this where where Batman at this point is a little bit older. He's a little bit more established. He has lived a really hard crime fighting life, and so he is. His body is beat up and bruised and all that kind of stuff. So there is that component to it. What my critique of, of a similar kind of thing of him playing the character was I thought that uh, that Batman was way too nice. Like as as Bruce Wayne, like when he would kind of like engage with their characters and stuff, he just he was not near like gruff enough. Like he should be like a like he's he is world weary, weathered. You know, ha- doesn't me, have a lot me, of faith in humanity left. He should have been the growling yes. Christian Bale. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, I was, I was, I was kind of surprised how much I did like Ben Affleck in not Affleck, Affleck, Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> in the role of Batman. Um, but uh, like, I thought, even though there's a lot of, you know, a lot of. It's very split on the Batman versus Superman mm-hmm. movie. I really liked how he portrayed Batman in Batman versus Superman. Yeah, I so I yeah I just I can't go there with you, but um, <laughs> no, he was I just, much gro- he was much I, more growly in that one. Yeah, it, we were discussing through the movie that how all of these characters all have like an actual superpower, but. You take in the two worlds, you take Iron Man right. and Batman, right. and they're just rich. And he even says it in the, yeah. you know, in the Yeah, movie. the Flash asks him, yeah. what's your superpower? He says, I'm, I'm rich. rich. 
And I'm like, dude, you're like, I don't know. It just, I just. It is a superpower. Well, I guess, but. All right. Listen, we. (laughs) It just just didn't do it. Now, we did not talk about this in the first two cuts that we no, deleted. No, so you're already happy. I know, and I am. I'm like so thrilled that we actually had this conversation. Now, I'm imagining no one else will really care <laughs> that we had this conversation. Um, but let me just say, this is a moment between you and I. When when we can geek out over a comic book movie, mm, my heart is full right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was just impressed that my ass made it through four hours in a camp Yeah, chair. seriously, yeah. <laughs> So uh, back to that, just for a moment, you know, we're we're holding out for this one couch from Costco. And uh, and so we've been calling for like a week now, every single morning at eight ish o'clock. Sometimes I forget. And you have to remind me um, to check on them. And for all the three stores in our area, you know, and uh, and so far, the the word is every single day. Well, they're on order. They're in the truck. They're in the truck. Well, now that's changed. Yeah. They're in the truck on the way to the depot, which I didn't understand. Costco has a depot. And then they go from the depot out to the three locations here, you know, <laughs> Quarter Lane and two Spokane locations. Um, and well, maybe even, I don't think any further than that. I don't know where the next Costco is after that. But um, anyway, I just thought that was, you know, we're learning a lot about Costco and how it works. But uh, um yeah, so now we're we're just still. We didn't think when when we went ahead and and gave Kaylee and Dylan the couches, we didn't think we'd be waiting this long. We thought that it was like a day or two. Yeah, by the end of the weekend. Yeah, and we're a full on week now, and Asher no is end loving it because she got out his little tiny camp chair yeah. and brought it in to the living room to sit with us, and he, and he just pulls it over. Yeah, yeah, he has to set it between you and I. Yep. And he pulls his little blanket, blanket over, over and he over sets it in his lap. <laughs> it is, it is so the cute. cutest thing. He's yeah. so cute. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, we're using a little bit of that uh, stimulus money for, for a new couch. So, well, and I was complaining so bad about our couches because they just really were so broken down. Yeah. And, um, how uncomfortable and they were. And then we just talked about how we're getting. We <laughs> I know. And then I got, went to this and I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I shouldn't have complained so much. Well, let's but. just say they were a lot nicer what they had. They're, a, you know, they're a young couple. So they, they, <laughs> they were living on uh, much worse condition couches. So yeah. yeah, these were a big step up for them. So. Yeah. Um, but that kind of, you know, it, so <laughs> you know, trying to make some natural transitions here. Um, you know, talking about, you know, needing new couches and, you know, we use a little stimulus money. And, and when you say something, you know, you bring up that topic, you know, people have different reactions to it and people that are, you know, in favor and against stimulus money and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's kind of what we intended to talk about today. Not the stimulus money. I was like, we're going to (laughs) economics again. (laughs) I no, thought we trashed that one. But we had started, you know, last week kind of talking about some stuff around the whole, I, you know, concept of beliefs and, and yeah. where our beliefs started getting challenged and in, in rethinking and in that sort of thing. And, you know, so, you know, and, and we had in, intended to get more into like what our beliefs have kind of formed into now. Um, and, but we just didn't get to it last week. So we thought we would dive into that a little bit more today. Um, but it's, it's things like this. It's things like, how do you view the stimulus money? You know, how do you, 
Um, I think I used a, oh, go ahead. You were going to say something. Well, I was going to say just, just having this conversation about couches and, you know, getting the stimulus money to, uh, to spend, to stimulate the economy, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I realize how much, how loaded that is for me. Mm -hmm. Um, it just like, I had this rapid, you know, succession of thoughts as you had said that and going back to, um, I think some people would call it a poverty mindset Mm. where you, um, either your worldview is formed around some type of economy or some type of belief about economy, probably likely from how we were raised as a kid. Right. But, um, but for having worked in full-time ministry for the years that we did, there's also this other layer that compounds onto that belief system. And that is justification of how I spend my money. Yeah. And because my money was given by the people in the community or in our church. And so always being, you know, so for me to say on our podcast episode that we're going to use some of our stimulus money to buy yeah. a couch triggers you a little bit. It does trigger me. Yeah. Interesting. Um, with, Very interesting. With uh, a sense of responsibility, but also a sense of guilt. Like yeah. I'm not allowed to have something new right. um, or right. maybe something nice. Um, and I think having... Um, we had very caring people that supported us while we were in church ministry. Um, at the same time, you know, I would watch that offering plate go around in the church and I would see even little kids put their, you know, allowance, 10% allowance or whatever it was in there, their quarters and pennies. And, and I felt such great responsibility to how I, how we were to use that money. Um, and I realized you know, later in life, after we were done doing that, that it's okay to buy the new shoes. It's okay to do um, some self-care types of things or to have good for yourself or to experience good for yourself. And um, But the, the belief system around my faith affected my belief system around my economics, Yeah, affected my belief system around... Um, uh, deserving things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was very full. Like it, it didn't just stop with what do I, Oh, do I believe God or do I not believe in God? Like it just wasn't that it's not the, ever that simple, yeah. but um, really trying to trail through a belief system um, or our sets of beliefs um, to figure out how, how we view all those things. Yeah. So when, when I said earlier that, yeah, you were going down this road of economics, it's a very triggering topic for me because I think it is that loaded. Like yeah. there's yeah. so much there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when we, when we talk about beliefs, um, a, a lot of times the first place that our mindset goes to is religious or spiritual right. or, you know, faith beliefs or, you know, you know, centered around, you know, what we believe about, you know, a Holy scripture, you know, whether it's a Bible or a book of Mormon or, you know, Quran or whatever else. Um, and, uh, and I think for a a lot of people that is where their belief system starts, but 
beliefs are are literally in every aspect of our lives. Um, and so, um, like when we, you know, an example I've used before is like, you know, even thinking about, you know, when we go to the grocery stores, grocery store, grocery store <laughs> <laughs> and, and go buy groceries, you know, our belief systems affect that. Um, what we believe about nutrition, what we believe about, you know, what we're going to feed our families, what we believe about, um, economics, you know, what we believe about, uh, care for the planet or what we believe about care for animals or what we care, you know, believe about farming or practices or, or, or just what we believe about, uh, the future, whether we shop at yeah. Costco or whether we shop daily for our food. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Those are big things. Those are big things. They go into like, you know, do you, do you only buy organic products? Do you only, um, buy, you know, sus- you know, sustainably farmed products? Do you, do you only buy free range chicken and eggs? Do you only, or do you not buy any meat at all? Do you, you know, all, all those kinds of things, right? Um, those are, those are representative of belief systems that we Mm -hmm. have. And, and there's no part of our life that isn't affected by our belief systems. And so, you know, what you and I have really been, you know, um, working into a, uh, a functional model, I would say, um, is how do we look at these belief systems that are literally everywhere in our lives and then begin to address them, um, as either, uh, positive, neutral, negative, you know, or, or somewhere in between all of that. Right. Um, and so now there's, there's a lot of times when you and I talk, you know, about the reformation, reformatting of our own belief systems that, yeah, it does have to do with religious structures because like you had just said, that's at the base for so many people, Mm -hmm. for so many people. If you have any kind of religious structure, um, uh, you know, a faith system, a, you know, a, a spiritual practice, you know, belief system, then that in and of itself can hand you whole packets of beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. If you're going to follow this belief system, then you're going to believe these things. This is what, and, and that's part of belonging, right? This is what we believe. And so if you don't believe these things, well, then you're not a part of the we, right? Yeah. And so that's a part of, of, you know, in particular belonging to a church or a synagogue or a, you know, a on and on and on, right? Um, that uh, that if, if you're going to be included in that tribe, then you're going to take on the belief systems of that tribe. Yeah. And I would go as far as to say th- that can be as simple as uh, the family structure that we grew up in, you know. Right. Um, I'm seeing a lot more people taking um, concerted stands against worldviews they were raised with and just dissecting a family. Right. You know, um, it's not just about leaving a church or leaving a system of beliefs and exchanging with something else. It's often relationships too. And there's, there's not a whole lot of belief systems that are as pervasive as religious beliefs. 
Yeah. Um, I would say that the next one that's pretty pervasive and, and affecting of how we engage in life is political beliefs is kind of, but that's yeah, but even that now you're starting that conversation of compartmentalizing these different ones, but they're also interconnected. You know, I'm just saying like how, what I, what I believe about religion, um, affects what you believe about politics. Well, affects- I'm going to, I'm going to put it this way. If I start to change my belief system about religion, then it, it threatens my place within the tribe that I once ascribed to. Okay. Um, it, it can even threaten my family unit. Right. Right. Cause there's a, there's a lot of, you know, like churches, um, of all different varying, you know, whatever's, um, if you don't believe the same things as them, you just don't belong. Now that may look like, you know, from a more fundamentalist end of things that they will, you will actually be asked to leave or mm-hmm. kicked out, you know, all the excommunicated all the way to more liberal kinds of ways that say, well, sure, everyone's welcome here, but you'll just be uncomfortable the whole time. Right. Because you don't see things the way we see them. Right. You're not a part of the we anymore. Um, and uh, and families can be the same way, too. If you have if that's if, you know, if a family has raised you in a certain religious system or a certain faith system and you start to think outside of that, well, then it can threaten your, you know, your the the integrity of the family unit then because you don't believe like we raised you anymore. Whereas. If, if I start to think differently about um, organic products, organic food products, just to go back to that again, I mean, your family might think you're a little weird, but you're, it's not going to threaten your integrity of being within the family unit, mm-hmm. right? Um, you can think differently about, you know, hey, I only buy organic produce, and it's not going to affect you being a member of the tribe uh, within a church structure or synagogue or temple or whatever, Right. Um, so religious belief systems carry a lot of weight. I mean, they're very loaded. And so, Mm -hmm. um, so we do, we talk about religious systems, you know, belief systems a lot because we think for a lot of people, that's where a, a, a challenging or a rethinking of our belief systems in, in total begins. It has, because because of those couple of reasons. One, they hand you packets of belief saying, we believe this, right? And two, that it is, it is a scary, dangerous thing to question religious belief systems, right? Well, I think there's a third one, and that's that um, your whole social construct, your yeah. tribe, is, yeah. is wrapped around in that. So um, being alone is a scary option. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, I, I, that's why I said too that politics might be a, a little bit of a distant second from that. But you know, having different political beliefs can certainly affect you within mm-hmm. a family structure. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that discovered that in the Trumpian years, yeah. right? That uh, families that were very pro-Trump, and if you came out from underneath that, um, and you were like, "This guy's an asshat," you know, it, your family structure could be in danger. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, that could be the same thing within a lot of, you know, evangelical churches as well, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, 
that were strong Trump supporting from the pulpit kind of churches, you know, if you didn't see eye to eye with them, that could threaten your place in that tribe. So that's why I say it's a, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's right there with it too, but there's really not a whole lot of other belief systems that, uh, that can, that are as dangerous to challenge. It's more, it's more informational, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, it, it doesn't take away from the reality that belief systems, uh, we engage with belief systems in literally every single aspect of our lives, every single aspect of our lives. And so while some carry more weight, um, it, there, it's important, I think, to, to consider all of our belief systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we say we're a country of freedom of religion. Right. But religion actually has this tendency to um, reduce freedoms, freedom of thought, um, freedom of growth. It's more confining, abiding by a certain thing, but it's the freedom to have the box exist within our country. And I think that we are a, a country now that is trying to figure out what we do with all of these excommunications, you know, for whatever the reasons are, um, identity, sexual identity, um, political, you know, choices, um, you know, how we see (laughs) gun rights. I mean, like, it's just so... Um, I think it's really hard to not be affected by that as an American now at some level. Um, and then at the very base, we see a belief system that sits behind how we view COVID, um, how we view mask wearing and um, to it doesn't it's not real to um, I some people that just still have not left home yet. Yeah. Um, so um, what what are what we believe about ultimately, I think it's what we believe about our personal existence, um, where I come came from and where I'm going that, um, carries tremendous weight, um, tremendous fear. So those become, I think, um, really, I guess the word is like a stronghold of, um, control within that Mm. belief system so if you are if if for like for what we come from if not believing in the certain particular uh core doctrines within the faith you might actually be believe that there isn't a hell or that there is a hell and that is a very big conversation that um, can literally excommunicate you from your tribe or your village. Very quickly. Very quickly. So, <laughs> Without a whole lot of conversation. But, just, oh no, you're out then. <laughs> but the fear that resides with that, that if I'm wrong, if, I, if there really is a hell and I don't ascribe to that, then I'm going to be, you know, what does that mean for me in my existence? Yeah. But if I do believe there is a hell, 
then it starts the conversation of what does that mean for you in your existence? Right. My attention shifts. So how it affects everything. It affects everything. So yeah, it's, um, I think religion happens to be one of the scarier belief systems simply for the fear that's associated with it. And for you and I, we were, we were so engaged in that world for so long that, you know, it, it was, it's a big part of our story. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's literally part of the story of how we even met each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, for you, it's a story of how you interpret your existence, your birth into this world. Yes. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, you know, we're naturally going to talk a lot about religious belief systems and, you know, be, because honestly we want to, we want to help people through the process of challenging those things. Um, and, and, and uh, stand beside them as they even begin to walk out of some of those ideas and, and questioning, you know, uh, belief systems and that sort of thing. But for you and I, I can't say strongly enough that it has, it, it's not just about our religious belief systems anymore. Um, it's about how we look at, like we have stressed already, everything. And yeah. so we have, I think, uh, I mean, there's, I've heard it from, you know, a number of people out there, um, people that, you know, that we just talked to, um, people that knew us as pastor, you know, at one point in time, um, or sorry, me as pastor, not you, because that was part of a religious <laughs> belief system, <laughs> Um, that was a that, silent eye roll. By yeah, the way. Yes. There was a massive eye roll. I'm sure people heard it. I, I um, so. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but people want to know, well, what do you believe now? They know there's something different, right? It's the whole back to the nailing jello to a wall thing, right? They want to, they want to, they recognize that what they have nailed to the wall, we no longer are nailing to the wall. Right. Yeah. And they're like, well, what do you nail to the wall now then? (laughs) (laughs) I find this kind of crazy because, um, this last week I'm, uh, when I, when I drive to work to Liberty Lake, it's a longer drive. So I love to listen to books, podcasts, whatever. Right. And I had finished up listening to our podcast. And the next thing that comes on is Rob Bell's most recent podcast. And I'm listening and it's been a little while since I've listened to him on a podcast and and he starts to talk about this story of a guy who's going to give a talk and he t- he made reference to his um I've given this talk tons of times so many times that uh it's like nailing a board to the wall. No, he just <laughs> or, he just said I've got it nailed. I've got this I've one got nailed. I've got it nailed. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. And uh and so Rob Bell kind of goes off on this whole thing of like, what is this? Why? You've got it nailed. Like, <laughs> what? You've got it all figured out. Where's the, where's the curiosity? Where's the, you know, the the creativity and and learning more and going on and on. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, we literally he released that the same re- week we released ours, and I was like, I'm sure he got it from us. I'm sure it was, but um, <laughs> but it was just this this interesting thing that it's. It's not, uh, it, it's, I guess it's an old conversation yeah. that our beliefs should be that, 
Ooh. Yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know who Rob Bell is, he's just a, a spiritual thinker that has challenged us and um, helped. He, he's been a guide to us through mm-hmm. his books and podcasts. And, and, and excommunicated from things. And he's been excommunicated from things, yes. Um, <laughs> so like others that we value. Um, and so, <laughs> like each other. Anyway, um, um, so yeah, but but people are very curious about our our belief systems now, you know. And, but in particular, they're really thinking religious belief systems. Like they're not really interested in how we going back to the other example, they're not really interested in, in how we grocery shop different now. (laughs) They, they don't give a shit about that. Right. It's Mm -hmm. well, how do you think about hell and how do you think about Jesus and the cross and how do you think about all that kind of stuff? And, and I think one of the things, if we were just going to like talk openly about our belief systems is that um, we have done the, the best we can to try to eliminate systems. Yeah. That, that to, to stop taking, looking at our beliefs, whatever they are out of coming to us in buckets, like here's your bucket of beliefs and it's, and it has all these beliefs in it and you take the bucket or you don't take the bucket, right? <laughs> that we have kind of said, no, we're going to dump the bucket out and we're going to go through and we're going to, and we're going to say this one works for us and this one doesn't, and this one does. And that one does. I mean, it's like we are constantly challenging those buckets of beliefs and saying um, which ones are still beneficial and good, mm-hmm. you know, and which ones do we think are no longer worth giving time and energy to? Mm-hmm. Um, and so where do we land now? Well, God, you'd probably have to spend some time with us. You know? <laughs> and, you know, we'd have to talk through a lot of things. And and there would be a lot of questions for you in that. And, you know, and, and finding out what your belief systems are. And then saying, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying what if you thought about it this way a little bit, you know, and kind of in just little tweaks here and there and that sort of thing. I, we don't have a systematic theology um, when it, certainly when it comes to religion, but really when it comes to anything anymore, um, you know, we, you know, just talking about, um, and I'm using we here, you know, not to just <laughs> say that we think as one, because we have found things recently that we don't necessarily see completely eye to eye on, but we're okay with that. Like we work through that together and, you know, um, but these are the things that I, I feel pretty confident saying that about, you know? Um, so, you know, even just like politics, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we didn't, I don't think it's any big secret. We did not vote for Trump this time. Secret. But that does not make us hardcore raving leftist liberal Democrats. Because those are buckets. What is a leftist? What is a liberal? What is a Democrat? What it, here's the big word. What's a socialist? You know, <laughs> those kinds of things. Like those are buckets that have so many other beliefs in them, right? Um, but but we have gone through those things and we've said, listen, this works. You know, it, it, we get this. We understand this. This works for us. This leads to 
you know, this is, this leads to more good, more love, more, you know, whatever we'll get a little bit more into that here in a second, but, and, and these things don't, right? So we're not going to take the whole bucket. We're not going to get lumped in with, you know, that category just so we can belong to that tribe. Um, I think that's that for me, that's one of the biggest things about the shift in our belief systems is that we have, um, we've just said the buckets are bullshit. I don't know. What, what do you think? <laughs> um, I think that what comes to mind when you say that is um, I look back at what were some of those core things that started us asking different kinds of questions than just saying, yes, God is love. Therefore, I'm, you know, da, 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 da. We would stop at the universal belief within the church, uh, God is love. And we would say, okay, God is love, then why this? What about that? What about this? Right. And we, we would allow ourselves the parameter of questions. And, and I think that the questions upon questions upon questions um, start to tear down the systems um, of just spoon-fed information where um, I, th- I, I think back around the time that we met, there was a very um, strong idea of uh, what it was. Like if somebody came up and asked us, what do you believe about God? We would probably have... a some very specific sentences that we would have said at yeah, that time, yeah. right? We um, would have had a systematized theology right. about who God is. Right. Yeah. And um, and I find myself falling more into that space of if someone were to ask me that question now, I would probably turn it around as what isn't God? Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. um, what am I seeing in this world that mm. doesn't reflect love, doesn't reflect, like you brought up earlier, light? Um, and it's not so much about, for me, this works for me or this doesn't work for me, as much as um, if I'm truly going to understand why I walk away from a system of beliefs I need to know why, and that's just me personally. I need yeah. to know the why behind it, that the the answer that I've come to, and for me, it came around asking those questions, mm. those core beliefs. Well, women aren't allowed to teach in the church. Why? What happens if a woman teaches in the church? Not just I used to just take it in. <laughs> the building explodes. Right. <laughs> um, Lightning strikes. All the men stumble in lust. That's what it is. Um, God, the power women have. Um, so powerful. <laughs> I mean, you are. <laughs> um, but it's not just taking it and moving forward with the belief and saying this sure. is how I operate. And it's stopping at that moment um, and saying, okay, if this is a core stand within my belief system, why is it? Um, 
I know there's a couple of questions that come that I still work around, you know, with lots of questions around. And one of them is, um, you know, the Bible says so. <laughs> and um, you grow up going, well, you can or can't do this, or you are or aren't this because the Bible says so. And God is or isn't this because the Bible says so. God said it. I believe it. It's good enough for me. Right. And so you just move forward, yeah. and that's how you operate. That's yeah. how we get to things like um, non-affirming <laughs> uh, church congregations and you know yeah. all kinds of things like that is because we decide that this one thing has the end-all answer, yeah. um, and there's no more question around it. But I've decided for me that there's a question around that. And so I'm going to keep exploring, you know, the Bible says so. So I'm yeah. going to ask, what actually is the Bible? Um, who said the Bible mm. said so? Yeah. You know, and, and so I think this is how we begin to either really fully embrace what it is we believe and create a belief system for ourselves or a, 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 ascribe ourselves to a belief system or this is how we move away from an old um, belief system Yeah, is that we take those core principles that exist within it. Um, and instead of just moving forward in it and adapting it to our lifestyle, our worldview, we stop and we ask, actually ask the questions there, but that isn't necessarily what's um, allowable in the Christian faith. No. Um, we're allowed to ask questions that are more on um, personal adaptation of that verse. and But to ask whether that verse is actually inherently the Word of God is a whole... Those are two very different Different things, questions. Right? <laughs> so, yes. Um, yeah. So that's... To, to, to question the... Um, to, to question what the the effect that Jesus dying on the cross has on my life today is an acceptable question. It's even considered growth, spiritual growth. To question growth. whether there was a Jesus <laughs> mm -hmm. to go to a cross right. is not acceptable right. in the church. Yeah, that'll get you kicked out pretty quick. But um, I think we're most, a bit... I think we're a bit irresponsible if we don't ask those questions. If we don't allow for those then questions, we're just certainly following certainly. something, honestly, quite blindly. And I'm, I say that, and then it comes loaded with you're supposed to have faith. Jess, I hear all of the all the programming. Yes, I hear it all in my head as I say these things, and I go, but that's because somebody said that. Mm -hmm. That isn't because it might actually be true or not. Right. And so I, the deprogramming um, is a work um, of going back to the beginning of where that came from. Why is it there? It Does it still belong? Um, where did it come from? I mean, we're going through all of this with um, racism in America and really digging back through if we're going to. If we're going to try and resolve racism in, in America, we have to go back to the systems that are built to support it. Well, the same thing is true for, well, it's all interconnected too, but it's the same thing is true for this, that we have to go back to 
who created that system? How was it created? Why was it created? Right. Not just this is truth. Now I move forward in it. Right. So can I do like a kind of a philosophical deep dive for a second? Is that all right? Sure. I'll see if I can follow you. <laughs> I'm drinking, I'm drinking, um, LaCroix. So <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> how much fun this will be for you on my end. Right. <laughs> yeah. I may need you a little more inebriated yeah. for this conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, it's, it, and I ask you that because what are you going to say? No. <laughs> I mean, I could, I was thinking about it. Um, it, let's just take something so basic and infantile. Okay. Grass is green and the sky is blue. Okay. I think that is genuinely accepted by almost everyone who speaks English. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. The grass is green and the sky is blue. So let's just dig into that for just a second and say, well, when you say that grass is green, what is green? Yeah. Okay. Well, green is the color green. Duh. Okay. Are you saying that the color green that you envision your mind right now all grass is that color? Well, obviously not. There are many shades of green. There are many different kinds of green. There are lighter greens, darker greens. There, are, Well, and some grass actually is brown. And it's still grass, but it's just, you know, it's it's turned brown now. Well, wait a second. You're, you're telling me <laughs> that grass is green, but as soon as I, I even ask the most basic question about that, you immediately back off of the, the truth that everyone accepts that grass is green and you start making, um, you, you start making, you know, all of these reasons and justifications for why it, it isn't necessarily that way, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it still is that way. Okay. But you say the sky is blue. Um, so all sky is blue. Well, no, cause you know, sometimes when, you know, when there's a, a sunset, the sky can actually turn orange. Right. But that's the sun's rays acting on the sun or on the sky. And okay, well then what is the sky? I mean, like, can I reach up and grab the sky and see its blue color? Well, no, because what you're actually seeing is a refraction of light and you're seeing it through, you know, H2O particles that are reflecting that. And you're seeing it through these, you know, the depth of, you know, miles of atmosphere that give it a certain hue. And, you know, and OK, so. OK, so we're taking some of the most basic, commonly understood and accepted truths that we, that you learn as a. As a child learning the English language, grass is green and sky is blue. And with the most minimal amount of questioning, you immediately begin to back off of that principle because obviously it's not that way. It's obviously it's not that simple. Obviously it's jello. <laughs> exactly. So what do you what well, what color do you believe the sky is then? Well, I, I, Oh, I mean, yeah, it's blue. 
<laughs> okay, then you agree with me. Yeah, but it, but we can't take a piece of the sky and color match it to a blue to, you know, and everybody agree universally. And, and not only that, but who said what green and blue were in the first place? What, you know, how do I know that green isn't actually pink? And then, you know, and all, you know, on and on and on. And we can, we can keep going on and on and on there. And I won't because that would be unsufferable because I'm only to you right LaCroix. now. <laughs> right. So we understand that there is nuance. We understand there is subjectivity. We understand that there is context. We understand that there is uh, assumption we understand that there is um, blind acceptance of certain things um, in a concept like grass being green and the sky being blue. But when it comes to faith belief systems, when it comes to political belief systems, when it comes to, you know, uh, gender um, for some people, um, when it comes to sexuality, there is no nuance. There is no subjectivity. There is no, it is just the Bible says it. I believe it. That's good enough for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm going back to the religious right. thing again, right. because I, I think it does affect so much. Right. Um, that is the, I think the, the greatest thing that has shifted in my belief system is that I, I have come to understand that there is nuance, that there is context, that there are things that I just accept that I don't know why I've accepted them and that maybe that wasn't right in the first place, yeah. you know? That there is uh, perspective, that there is, you know, um, that there is my viewpoint, like looking at it from this angle, as opposed to someone who's looking at it from another angle. I mean, there's, there's all of the, there's a, there's a spectrum of colors. There's a, I mean, all, all of their assumptions that are made, all of that. And if, and if I could, if that's true for grass is green and sky is blue, it is equally true for any other, I'm doing air quotes here, air, like truth that exists out there no matter what it is, no matter what it is. So like when I referenced last episode to the, the pastor challenging me and getting angry at me, like, you know, trying to understand your beliefs, like nailing jello to a wall. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, and, and so my approach then, I, I don't think that beliefs are meaningless. Um, I think it's important to, to say that grass is green and the sky is blue. Why do I think it's important? Because if I started saying that grass is pink and the sky doesn't exist, I would become unrelatable to people. People would, I mean, people would be like, you, you need to go get help, right? <laughs> we may need to call the and, you know, get you committed to an institution, right? You, you don't see things the way they are. There are, there are concepts for which we, that, that we just go ahead and accept all the limitations to those things for the sake of, of engaging with the world, for the sake of 
uh, communicating with people for the sake of um, just our existence in general. And it's like, I, I'm, I'm okay with some of those things. Um, I'm, I'm okay with speaking about those things in the realm of limitations because of, because it's, it's necessary within the context of this conversation or it's necessary within the context of, of me, you know, being able to, you know, going back to, you know, actually going to the grocery store and doing shopping, right? (laughs) If I think that, you know, uh, if organic is just a concept that, that isn't actually real, it's just a concept that people, um, you know, uh, made up in their minds, you know, and it doesn't actually have any real bearing on anything. Well, then I don't, I don't really, I don't, I don't worry about whether my, my produce is infested with chemicals or whether it's fully organic and and never has a chemical touch it. Right. But if I also understand that, yeah, when someone says, when when a product is labeled organic, there is a whole spectrum of what, how organic it is, like whether it had any kind of pesticides on it or whether it had no pesticides on it. And, and so I understand that that's the case and I'm, but it, it still suits me to look for that because I know it's a healthier alternative than something else might be. Okay. Um, so there's, there's belief systems that we engage in, even though we understand the limitations of that language, we understand the limitations of that concept because, because it's still, uh, because to, to just dismiss, you know, all concepts and all ideas as human constructs would, would cripple us. I mean, we would, we would, we would not, we, we wouldn't engage anywhere. We wouldn't engage with anyone. We wouldn't do anything. That's, and I, I think that's the, the big difference in, holding beliefs and belief systems very loosely and completely dismissing all beliefs outright altogether. Does that make sense? Or is that, mm-hmm. did I, did yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, there's some parts where you, you would say things and I'd have a uh, tangent thoughts. Um, and, and one thing I come back to is I want the freedom to not have the constraints um, for a period of time anyway. Um, like I will see uh, a lot of ex-evangelical conversations on social media or other places that um, that are still trying to question this Christianity thinking by staying inside the box. Right. And so that parameter that this thing has to remain true so I've got to figure out how to exist within that box I guess that's one approach um I don't I don't want a box because I'm right I want to take the chance that the divine and spirituality that whole experience of my humanity can exist outside of a fucking box yeah and I, I actually, if I even follow the Christian faith all the way out, I have, my end conclusion is that God isn't in this box. Right. It doesn't look like this anyway. Right. So right. even if I ascribe to all of the things that I had almost my entire life, 
I still come to the end of the road and say, I can't stay in the box anymore. Right. So, yes, belief systems, I think, are important. It's like the, it's like our skeleton, you know, without it, (laughs) we'd be this lump on the floor, right? (laughs) That's good. Yeah. I like that. So if, um, if I take... Um, the idea that I exist without beliefs away, there isn't really much existence for me. Right. Um, but part of being a human and having a soul and getting my breath taken away when I'm standing on the edge of the the seashore and the the salty air just come and mists on top of you, mm. you that's spiritual. That's yeah. something other. Things we don't always have words for. Yeah. And so that doesn't fit in a box. Right. So that's that's what this whole Christian faith for me has gotten me to, is saying this is too small. Yeah. For this God that you speak of, this Jesus that you talk about, um, the things that you say they've said, this box it's just too small to contain that. Yeah. So, um, so for me, it's not so much about, um, needing to replace one system of beliefs with another, but given the freedom for fluidity that maybe I can say yes more than I say no. So by that, I mean, is, is God um, experienced in a church building? Yes. Is God experienced outside of the constructs of systematic beliefs? Yes. It like it doesn't have to be this either or. Yeah. But that it can all be yes. Um. I am now testing everything that I believe about God against um, really one core um, question. And that is, um, it's, it's, it's rooted in a concept in Christianity that God is life, right? He breathed us into existence that he is life. And I say he because that's what I understood, you know, throughout right. the years. Right. But so for me, the test is then I, everything gets um, placed under that lamp, right? Under that light. Does it bring life? If I believe this thing, if I do this thing, if I spend this money, if I do whatever life thing, um, does it bring more life does it further and expand my humanity? Or does it bring um, control, fear, um, ultimately like a, a darkness, a heaviness, um, restriction, you know, all of that. Um, so those tend to be how I navigate the divine right now. Um, is it love? Is it life? Then maybe it gets to stay. Yeah. I think, um, and, and this is where you and I do see 
very eye to eye on this. Um, in that, you know, for, for a long time, my belief systems were captured in volumes on a bookshelf. Like literally mm-hmm. I used to have, you know, big bookshelves and full of all these books that said something about my beliefs. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and I loved for those to be prominent and displayed so people could see the books that I had collected so they would know what my beliefs were. Yeah. And it was um, those beliefs were more about explaining the world that is than it was about um, engaging with the world. And so it was like these are these belief systems answer questions for me. Right. Um, Now, I would say that my belief systems are systems. My beliefs are very much guide guides. Um, They're very much about movement and direction. And so if if something is worthy of me believing, um, or, you know, spending any time engaging with as a thought system or anything else, it better be taking me somewhere and where I want to be headed, just like you just said, is I want to be headed towards a more, more life. I want to be to a, to a greater sense of being alive, um, towards, loving more towards, um, yeah, toward growing in my humanity. Mm -hmm. And if, and if a belief takes me away from that, man, I'll cut that right now. Right. That's a, that is, it, it is worse than meaningless to me. It is, it is, uh, either a distraction, a hindrance, or it's an enemy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to keep me from becoming more human, more alive, more loving, right? Um, if a belief system, if a belief, I keep saying system, if a belief does nothing, it doesn't add to, doesn't take away, then it's meaningless to me because it just, it has no value. Why would I waste time on that belief if it doesn't propel me in the, in the direction that I want to go? The direction of life and love. Yeah. Now, you know, it, as far as, you know, my my faith or my spiritual, you know, component that is tied in with that is that I would say that that's towards God. That's towards the divine. That's towards love, you know, um, the, the it's towards the flow of the universe. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that I'm comfortable saying mm-hmm. that without using a uh, specific Holy Bible definition of he, God, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, and, I, and I, I would say that moving more towards that, what I think is the, is the oneness of the universe where, where all of humanity has the op- opportunity to, be, become interconnected with not just one another, 
but with the universe itself, with all that is created and all that is alive, all that is in existence, right? Where there's this opportunity for interconnected, for us to be more, um, more one than apart, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, then, uh, then, then that's what's going to, that's what gets my attention now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what gets my effort now. And that, um, that means there are things that there are beliefs that are very important to me mm-hmm. because they, they propel me towards that. That also means that there are beliefs that I have that I know only propel me towards that right now. And there will come a point in time when that belief no longer serves that purpose and I will be just fine letting go of it. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what those beliefs are right now. I just know that that has been the case for other beliefs to this point in my life now. So why wouldn't that continue on? Yeah. Right? Um, so somebody wants to question what my beliefs are now or whether I'm a Christian or whether I'm a... And, and I would just say, yeah, I, I really don't like the buckets. I, yeah. I don't like the, I don't like the bucket that, that you are inferring when you say Christian, right? And, yeah. <laughs> and then, and, and again, talk to a bunch of different Christians. You're going to get a lot of different, different buckets too. Right. right? Exactly. I, I'm not, I don't like any of those buckets. I don't like any of them. Um, do I, uh, do I have beliefs that are in alignment with, um, certain principles of Christianity, you know, within those buckets. Yeah, I do. Um, does that make me a, a Christian? Mm-hmm. God, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know anymore. I'm, I'm not really worried about it. No. And I think that those who are the ones who need to remain inside that box, you know, that that's yeah. important to them. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm less I actually interested in, I'm, I'm sorry, just what I'm, I'm less interested in belonging to that. We tribe of that bucket that I am the we tribe of all of us yeah. of, of all things in existence. I, I'm much more interested in being a part of that we tribe and if belonging to the we tribe in your bucket alienates me from anyone else, it's, it, it's too small. Well, I think uh, if you take religion out of it, um, just what we've experienced in the last uh, I would say just let's just call it this last year with the pandemic where everything is so polarized and it's one camp or another. You don't choose your tribe because there's not anything in between. So you need to pick which side you're on. Yeah. None of us like that. Mm-mm. It's not a good experience. Mm-mm. And I I want the freedom to say this over here on this side is actually a really good thought. But if we if we don't take in this thought over here from the other side, then it's just half a thought. Like it's just, it's not full. It's not dimensional. And I, I want the freedom to be able to do that, um, to not have to pick the side for the sake of picking a side. And I, I also, uh, I don't have need for the label anymore. In fact, I think a lot of this for me started with, the grand assumptions of the label that I did carry. Well, you say you're a Christian. Well, you say that in which culture, which part of the U.S., which 
uh, church denomination has a whole lot of different meanings. So you find yourself wanting to make sure that people don't misunderstand what your identity, spiritual identity is. Yeah. So I, I just, um, I just don't care for that. It didn't serve any good purpose. Yeah. Um, but I would rather say right now that I am on a quest for life and mm-hmm. love within the experience of the divine. Yeah, I like that. Um, and whatever the divine wants to experience with me, um, bring it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm just, I, I feel like I've confined um, that concept of God, deity, divine spirituality. I've, I've confined it for far too long. Yeah. So I think it's far more expansive than, um, than our belief systems give us, which means in essence that so are our political views, so are our economic views, so are our family structures. Um, that fluidity of um, evolving as a human being into something more alive and more um, loving um, if that was the adventure that a family was on, what a different concept than the adventure of converting other people to your religion, mm. you know? Yeah. So. Mm. See, I think that's good stuff. Mm. I think that's, I think that's good stuff. I like that. My head's a little spinny right now. And it's from not, your LaCroix. It's not from my LaCroix. It's from trying to keep up with you. <laughs> yeah, you've had zero alcohol. Right. No, I'm just like, it's, yeah, it's just, it's a very You've had deep. mental stimulus money. Oh my God. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's I'm very pleased with myself right now. <laughs> hey, look how long I lasted. I don't know how long you lasted. I mean, I, plenty long. That's Okay. <laughs> I don't have a watch in front of me. I, oh, you all should I be know, impressed with me. I am impressed with you. I'm not under you. a rock. <laughs> I am. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it, but I'm not there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I'm hungry. Yeah, me too. We should definitely get on to some lunch. Okay. So. All right. Love you too. Thanks, everybody. See you next week.